Hi, everybody. Diane Canada here. Welcome to Diane Canada Live. It is Inauguration Day 2021. We just inaugurated a new president a few hours ago, uh, Joe Biden. And uh, I got to tell you, normally I would come on here and have a kind of a monologue prepared, but I'm just going to speak from my heart today. And I'm going to introduce you to my guests here in just a minute. But I want to just uh, make sure I reach out and let you guys know how much I'm hurting with so many of you who I know follow my program. Um, I know that that today was pretty tough. It was a pretty, it, it stung. And it wasn't because we wanted a particular man to stay in office. I don't think that it was because we are kicking and screaming because we don't have Trump in office anymore. I think it's because we all genuinely feel like this election did not have the due process. I know I stood on a lot of front doors uh, front doorsteps of people when I door knocked, even in Georgia most recently. And I talked with people who were very disheartened after the November election because they felt like their voices weren't heard then. And I stood there on those front porches and I told them, I said, please go out and vote in Georgia in the runoff election in January, because if there was ever a time when your voice would be heard, it would be now because all eyes are on Georgia, not going to be able to cheat as well. Uh, and I talked them into going and voting. And, you know, I had people who agreed, they high fived and they said, okay, well, I'm going to go. And now I want to go back to those doorsteps and I want to just hug their necks because I know that they're feeling, you know, a double dose of this discouragement. I'm feeling it. I know a lot of us are, you know, people will say, well, we have to just move on. We just have to accept it and move on. Okay. I do agree. We have to accept it. All right. I think that's true. Um, as far as moving on, like nothing ever happened. I listened to his inauguration speech today and you know, um, I think that in, when you have any kind of a loss, any kind of a, a if you lose a family member or you lose um, a business or whatever it is, I don't think it's wise for us to just say, OK, well, that's that. And you just kind of go into the next adventure. I think we have to look back and we have to say, what can we learn? What where did we go wrong? Um, how can, is there something that we could have done better? Uh, is there something we could have done differently? You know, and ask God for wisdom. And ask him, and th in these times right now, I know a lot of us feel like it's not even about a battle between parties anymore. I think a lot of people feel like it's a matter of, of a battle between good and evil. And I've talked with people on both sides of the aisle. And I know that God is not about a particular party. He's about the heart. None of us can judge another person's heart. And I know that. I get that. I understand. And I know that people can have blind spots. I've had a lot of blind spots in my life. There were things that I didn't understand or I didn't have a realization to until much later. And so people are doing the best they can with what they know and what and what their filters and lenses of the world are. I, I, I believe that with all my heart. I don't think anyone has, uh, you know, a, an agenda of turning our nation socialist. I think a lot of people just don't understand the full gravity of what's happening. And for a lot of us who do Feel like we have an understanding of it it is the toughest thing to grip to stand and watch this happen knowing in in our hearts at least in the way that i feel about it it's feeling like not only is our country going to start slipping away the founding principles of our country but further and further away from god when we have leaders now who champion infanticide we have leaders who who champion open borders and all of these things that that just for for hund hundreds of years now We've had brave men and women stand against. We also have a constitution that's being dismantled. Uh, and it's very tough to watch. 
So for those of you who are feeling that angst with me, I've, I've been crying all day. I'm going to tell you guys, I, I just, I cried. I heard Garth Brooks sing the, uh, the amazing grace, you know, today. And I, I, I forced myself to sing along with it, not for the intended purposes, but just out of agony and begging God to have grace and mercy on our souls as this drastic change in leadership begins to unfold. Uh, he's going to go in there today and write 17 executive orders and we'll start undoing a lot of the progress we made in this last administration. We've got caravans coming to the border. We've got all, all kinds of uh, promises that they've made that are fundamentally, in my opinion, uh, absolutely 100% against God's law. So it's very tough. But what do we do when we when we come up against these situations? I hear people say, well, all we can do is pray. <laughs> well, it's not all we can do. Okay. That's a very, there's a lot of power in prayer. And at this point, this is a much bigger battle than any of us. I want to see healing in our land. I want to see us come together and unite as Americans. We all want that. We, we, we want to heal. We want God to heal our land. We want to find that common ground. Of course we do. I'd say the large majority of Americans want that. But there's a we have got to start agreeing on what's right and wrong. We've got to come back to our founding principles so that we can all agree on where is the measuring stick? Where is the measuring stick between right and wrong? How can we unite when it's their way or the highway? How can we unite when our only option is, you know, accept us cramming this down your throat or you start or, or all the censoring happens? What we start seeing in regimes in a history, if we look through history, it's littered with with governments and regimes that they just put a big bandaid or a, a big piece of tape over the mouths that they don't want to listen to opposing views in America. We were founded on opposing views. That's where we find, you know, somebody has an opinion another person has an opinion. We, we find compromise in the middle. That's how it's supposed to work. It's not working that way anymore. You know, I was just censored. We, we can't even go out on Facebook live right now because I'm in Facebook jail because I put up a picture they didn't like. I didn't, I didn't incite violence. I was, I put it up before the riots even happened, but because I didn't like it, they censored me. And now mm. they've censored my voice on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We're reaching you on different platforms, but you know, it's, it's happening. And so we that know that and are seeing that it's very easy to get into fear for our country, but God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of courage and of sound mind. And that's what we're going to be focusing on, what we can do. We're going to start mm -hmm. everything inside of me, like my flesh today is having the biggest battle with my faith. <laughs> I got to tell you, because everything inside of me wants to just react and rant and all of that. But my spirit knows better. So I've got two very wise ladies who have come on the program with me today. Hopefully they're going to help me stay straight today. Um, hopefully they're going to help you stay straight today. And we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. We just are. I have to believe that we are. So let me introduce you to my friends. I think I'm done. Is there anything else I want to say? Um, <laughs> let me just make sure I'm done. Okay. Let me introduce you first to... Um, our guest today, Miss Joni Bryan. Uh, Joni is the founder of the 917 Society. And uh, let me uh, just bring her up here in full view. So you guys, <laughs> there she is. Hi, Miss Joni. Hey there. How are you doing? Good. Welcome to the show today. Well, thank you uh, for having me. Yes, absolutely. The work that you are doing out there is so important. 
And we're going to be talking a lot about it today. And I think the one, the reason I wanted to have you on today is mm -hmm. because it is so relevant to what yes. happened on Capitol Absolutely. Hill. Absolutely. Uh, this, is, uh, this is, let me show you guys. This is Joni's, this is the 917 Society. She's putting these little pocket constitutions in the hands of eighth graders all across our country. Uh, so we're going to be talking about her work today. I also want to introduce you to one of my favorite pastors at my church. This is uh, Pastor Dana Taft. Welcome. Thank hello. you for being here. Hello. Hello. You know, Pastor Dana, you and I have prayed together many times, <laughs> and I know that you had um, in your history, you've had some uh, inner workings in the area of politics. And so I'm just very happy to have you. I think you're going to bring some wonderful, objective perspective to the program today. And I just thank you so much. Oh, you're so here. welcome. I'm glad to be here and share. Yes. So help. Can we just jump to Pastor Dana for a second, Joni? Because I need her to help calm me down. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I really well, I will say to everyone, the first thing they do is take a breath, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are here. It is January 20th. And we all knew this day was coming. And above all, I just want us to settle our hearts and minds because God knew today was coming. And we, at this, at this point in history, have to trust in God's divine favor and mm -hmm. that he knows the end to the beginning. It's not a surprise at all to God that um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are now our president and, and vice uh, president. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not a surprise to him how yeah. everything has unfolded. So I just want to to um, turn to the word of God, because in times of um, trepidation, in times of anguish, in time, we can always go to the word of God to settle us and, and, and get us to a place where we get on track to, okay, where do we go from here? So I just want to go to um, a couple of scriptures for you first. So Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14 says, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and mm -hmm. seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Mm -hmm. So as we prepare our hearts to pray, we are reminded of that word that we can come to the Lord and ask him to heal our land. The very first thing I want us to pray against is um, the division that is in our country right now. Yeah. First um, Corinthians verse one, uh, chapter one, verse 10 says, now I plead with you, brethren, by my by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you by perfectly joining together in the same mind and in the same judgment, you see, the enemy wants to divide America. The enemy wants to divide the body of Christ, Christians. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that we will not let our adversary divide our country, divide our, our people group, Christians, mm -hmm. Bible believers. So we have to stop allowing the word to get us off 
the world to get us off track. We cannot allow political pundits. We cannot allow Fortune 100 companies like Facebook. We cannot allow them to get us to a place where we are divided. We have to guard our hearts against the food that the media wants to feed us and not allow the junk to come into our spirits and turn us from who God has created us to be, which is one nation under God. So uh, the final scripture I wanna say for today before we pray is 1 Timothy 2 verses one through two that say for us to, I urge you to pray for all people, ask God to help them Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So today we're going to pray and it's not the last resort. It is the resort. It is the resort. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when um, our political candidate gets elected, we're, we prayed for them to get elected. They get elected, we're, and then we pray for them fervently. And sometimes when the person who we wanted to be in office didn't get elected, we stop praying. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. going to challenge everyone who is on today that no matter what, we're going to do exactly what this passage in First Timothy told us, that we're going to pray for those in authority regardless Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's who we voted for, regardless of yeah. if we agree with their policies, we're going to pray for them because mm-hmm. prayer is not the last resort. It is the very call that God has placed on us, mm-hmm. his people. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk some more before we pray? Well, I, I, just for a sec, if I yeah. may. So I think the the what I would love for you to pray specifically for too, um, I I you always give very eloquent, beautiful prayers. And I, and I am in full agreement with you that even though our candidate didn't get in that we wanted to get in, it's not, it's not about that. I think, I I think if it had been a, 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 you know, a very fair transition of power, I think all of us would be on, we would just accept and we would be on board with it. We would, but I think in this case, it's twofold. One, I don't think it was a fair election. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I feel like we were, a lot of things were silenced and censored. So I think praying over the anger, uh, that we're all feeling as a result yeah. of that. And um, secondly, I do think that if these leaders could come to know Christ, that would be the very best thing, you know, but I, I also think that I was telling a friend this yesterday that it's almost like we have to see things for ourselves, you know, before we'll believe it. And I think that if this plays out, I, I don't, I don't want any harm to come to our country, but I almost want enough things to play out where p- the people who, have been blind to this would say, Oh my gosh, what have we done? And kind of come to their own understanding Mm -hmm. and say, okay. And then get, and then get back on board with our founding principles. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would pray over that, but those are the two things that are on my heart. Um, Joni, anything on yours that you would want to, you would want to ask and pastor Dana today. Well, and just to pray over our project because Mm -hmm. we do, we do need prayers because what we're doing is a, a major, um, 
a major thing and uh, we need all the prayers that we can get with uh, with our group and our team and and uh, and having the right people to join us and and uh, be a part of this organization so that we can spread the word so we do we do need prayers mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely well and as people, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Pastor Dana, but as people, we've got people making comments. And so if there's anything any of you would like specifically prayed over, please put it in the comments real quick so we can, uh, before Pastor Dana prays, what's on your hearts out there? We're watching. Um, just seeing some people put some things up here that they are saying it's a battle between good and evil. Pastor Dana, I'm hearing people say right now they're clinging. Um, Karen says she's clinging to Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Um, we're having people just weighing in here. Um, nothing is getting behind God's back and his ways are always for our good, even if we don't understand them. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm reminded that throughout scripture, God says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Yes. And I know that. Um, there are troubling things that are taking place and there's no denying that the Lord warned us. He warned us how things would happen um, as, as we get to the time upon closer and closer to his return. Yes, That's why I said it's not by surprise, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to let our hearts be troubled. Mm -hmm. Meaning, our minds can be flipping out. Like, what is going on? Like, I cannot believe this. That's me today. You know? But we have to guard our hearts. Guard yeah. our hearts and not allow those things trouble us to the place where it changes us. Yeah. So um, that will definitely be part of the prayer that we continue to, to remain on God, uh, on guard. You know, we know about the armor of God, the breast. Mm-hmm plate of righteousness, yeah. guarding our hearts from, mm-hmm. from things that are troublesome, from mm-hmm. things that we do see ha- taking place. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the scripture that says that what the enemy meant to hurt us, yeah. God can use it for his okay. good. Yeah. And I know we have so many projections and assumptions of what might take place over these next four years. But I'm going to remind you that no matter what, what the enemy meant to harm us, this nation, which is under God, mm-hmm. God can use for his glory. Mm-hmm. And the heart of the king, the heart of the president, it didn't have a person's name in it. The heart of the king is in the, is in the hand of God. And we have to be a people of faith that believe the Bible and what his word says. Yes, absolutely. Whole, wholeheartedly agree. We just had one uh, one viewer, Christina, just put up a um, request. A, a request is that the judgment of God on the righteous and unrighteous brings the true ruler mm-hmm. glory mm-hmm. and to protect his people. Yes. Yeah. God is the ultimate ruler. Yes. And that's so true. It is so true. Okay, Pastor Dana, I've, I've, I've taken my breath. <laughs> Me breath? too. <sighs> Y'all taking your breaths out there? Yeah, take. Okay. Yeah. So, you, it's like no matter how we feel, we know we know the truth. So take us there, Pastor Dana. Yes. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the love that you have for the United States of America and the body of Christ. I thank you, God, that that your ways are are higher than our ways, that your ways are greater. So God, today we come together trusting you. God, first I want to ask that you can settle all anxious hearts under the sound of my voice. 
and that where there is anguish or anxiety or bewilderment, Father, that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rest over your people right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for this nation that was founded for to be a place of freedom, a nation that was founded to be under God in the vis indivisible with liberty and justice. So right now, Father, we are just coming before you, asking you to heal our land, to heal our land from all the division that enemy has, has stirred up throughout this entire election process. Heal our land, Father, so that we can fight against all attacks, all division. And God, may unity reign among your people. May the body of Christ not be divided by political parties or candidates or ideals. But may the body of Christ come together in unity, believing what the word of God says and acting upon it. I thank you, God, that your word says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So, Father, wherever there has been wrongdoing, God, we trust you that vengeance will be yours. That judgment will take place not from us, but, God, you are the great judge, and you will take care of all. Lord, I trust what your word says, that wherever there has been um, collusion, wherever there has been wrongdoing, God, that you will find a way to work it out for our good. And we just believe that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask right now that you would speak to our president and speak to our vice president. Father, that they their hearts will be softened and turned to you, Father. That they would live a life fully surrendered to your will and your word. God, may they surround themselves with people who believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only salvation. Father, may you fill their, their, their staff, fill the cabinet, fill everyone around them, even the employees in the White House and in the East Wing, that you would fill them with people who believe in the word of God. God, we are believing for salvation to take place across our government. Those who might have been one way, God, that they are turned to Christians now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for a great revival amongst our nation that we will turn to what you have designed this country to be. I thank you, Father, um, for organizations like seven, uh, 917, that they're able to continue to get um, the information of our founding fathers, get the information of what our country was built upon into the hands of the next generation. God, so we lift them up. We ask that you would continue to surround their staff and their volunteers with, with ideas and innovative ways to get the word out. I also thank you for this program. I thank you, God, that we're able to freely express your, your will and your word all across technology. So I speak a blessing over this broadcast and all who are listening. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. amen. 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 You know, I'd like to, uh, and that was beautiful. Thank you. I already feel better. Y'all <laughs> feel better out there? I'm feeling better. Um, I want to say a special uh, 
just a special word over Pastor Aaron today too. Um, our Pastor Aaron was um, going to come on and originally, and Pastor Dana very graciously stepped in his shoes today. But uh, Pastor Aaron had a had a death in his family, um, so we just want to pray over him and his family today. We want to um, honor him, and uh, he was very sorry he couldn't be here today, but. Um, but we love you, Pastor Aaron, if you're watching, and uh, and we just we just hope that God will blanket you and your family with comfort today and with uh, peace in your hearts today. Oh, it's it's a tough day, you guys. Yeah. Tough day, Joni. Let's talk about you for just a minute because okay. I I feel like uh, the what Pastor Dana just alluded to, the work that you're doing. We need to all be praying over you too. We need to be supporting you. you. Um, you. So the 917 Society, uh, let me just show you guys again her booklet here. Uh, Yes, you can see it. 917 Society. This is a little pocket constitution that she is putting into the hands of, uh, of eighth graders. So Joni, let's share a little bit of your heart, if you will. How did it how did it come about and what's the progress you're making? Well, it came about a few years ago. I had worked at a uh, retirement community and one of our residents uh, had been uh, involved in the civil rights movement, had ran for governor in the 60s. and He was a constitutional lawyer. And one day we were discussing, we always like to debate and discuss things. And he said to me uh, about a particular situation, he said, my dear, you realize that's unconstitutional. And I said to him, I said, well, why? And he looked at me as if I had just lost my mind. And he said, when is the last time you read your constitution? Ah. And when he said that to me, a light bulb went off. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've never read the whole thing ever. Okay. And uh, I realized that you know, there, that was a problem. I had spent my early years in social work and I was married to a public school teacher. And so I became really um, almost obsessed with the question. And I started asking everybody I knew, when's the last time you read your constitution? <laughs> and 99 out of 100, whether it was the CEO of the company, the managers, the people in the kitchen, it didn't matter. The response was, I haven't. Yeah. And so I realized we got a problem in this country. <laughs> and of course, I graduated a few years ago. I won't tell you how many, but this is not something that just happened yesterday. This is something that has been building and it's kind of led us to this moment that mm -hmm. we're in now because mm -hmm. we've kind of had an erosion of our constitution. Um, and so um, that's something that I decided, you know, I needed to do something about because when I was raising my daughters, they're both grown now. I always said to them, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of what? The problem. The problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And here I was, I was part of the problem. And I thought, yeah. wow, what can I do? What can little me do about this situation? And so as I began researching, I learned that there's a federal law that in uh, 2004 was passed in the Omnibus uh, Act. By, it was signed into law by George W. Bush. And it's that all schools that get federal money are supposed to have a program on the Constitution on or around September 17th, which is Constitution Day, the day it was signed mm -hmm. in 1787. And so that's why we're named the 917 Society, or some people say 917 Society. It represents September 17th. And so... I thought, well, wow, you know, what are we doing for Constitution Day? And so I had a lot of friends that were teachers. And um, so I called around five different states of different people I knew asking, well, what do you do for Constitution Day? And guess what? 
Nobody knew there was a Constitution Day. (laughs) Very few people realize there's a Constitution Day. And so I thought, well, wow, we've got to change this. Mm -hmm. And so that began the mission of the 917 Society was to change that. And so the reason we decided to choose eighth grade is because in the U.S. curriculum, uh, there's supposed to be an in-depth study of civics and government. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we chose that age. But also another reason that age is just wonderful in that they're very receptive to the ideas we're um, providing for them. You're talking about independence, but also a sense of belonging. You know, we want to create a moment in our young people's education where they realize how awesome it is to be an American Mm -hmm. and that this constitution is our guidebook, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's, it's really an exciting project. I'm really excited about doing it and uh, we've made some great progress, (laughs) great progress. Like you, I I know that, uh, that you have been very hard at work in Tennessee, but you're also expanding out to other states now. Yes. When we first started, we have been really blessed here in Tennessee. We have some great legislators and uh, Senator Kerry Roberts, actually, I have to give him credit. uh, He really kind of took the ball on this and helped us to reach a lot of our legislators to let them know about the project. And then uh, Congressman Mark Green got involved at the time he was a senator. And we have a lot of other of our legislators and people involved with us. But we started in Tennessee and we started out, we gave about 10,000 out our first year, then 25,000, then 50. And then last year we gave out the whole state, 90,000 constitutions. But this year, this past September 17th, we reached three states which was North Dakota, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Although in Kentucky, we don't have all of them delivered because of COVID. So we've got them waiting to go out as soon as everybody's back in school. But then this coming Constitution Day, we plan to reach 14 states. And so our our ultimate goal is to reach all of the eighth graders in our nation because it's so important that we give them the actual words. Because in this age, as we've learned with all the digital things going on, things can be changed and, you know, you wouldn't even know it. it's really uh, amazing. But we want to make sure our kids have the actual words and then they can make up their mind mm-hmm. what it means, because mm-hmm. that's what it's all about is our kids learning about the Constitution, learning what it means to them. And uh, I think um, we're seeing great conversations with our kids. And uh, one of the, uh, I think you'll appreciate this, Diane, one of our um, teachers wrote us and said, you know, we had a fabulous conversation in class today and the kids wanted to know why they couldn't pray in school. It doesn't say that in the constitution. See, it's making our kids think, you know, well, well, where's this come from? You know? And, um, and, and one of the things that I think we're facing today um, is the fact that, you know, we feel like the censorship that's going on right now with Mm -hmm. social media, we're all really concerned about that. But uh, last year when I spoke to one of the middle schools, the kids were asking, what is the difference in hate speech and free speech? So they're being faced with things that we weren't faced with Mm -hmm. when we were in school. And Mm -hmm. I think this helps give them the tools to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what that means. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity to do that. But we actually have a chance to reach 5 million kids a year. And imagine in four years what can happen if we reach 20 million kids, we can start to turn things around back to our founding principles. Yes. yes. And, and, and it's, it's crucial. I mean, yeah. we must do it. 
Yes, it is. I had uh, Stephen Skelton on the program yesterday um, with the American Bible Project, yes. and we were discussing this, and I'd encourage you guys to go back, uh, those of you who are watching today, go back and watch that program from yesterday, but he is, uh, we are all very supportive of him here on, on my show of his work. What he's doing right. is he's putting the original, the first American Bible mm -hmm. back into schools too. Yes. And uh, so we are we are having an opportunity to not only get Bibles into the hands of our children, into our youth, but also these constitutions now. And with so much changing curriculum and all of that, they're, they're not learning. They're just right. We can't count on this. this we've got to just follow up. And, right. Absolutely. Uh, so, Pastor Dana, uh, have you read your constitution? <laughs> When's the last I, time you read your constitution? I was. um so when I interned in D.C. the last year in undergrad, I took constitutional law at Georgetown. Oh, awesome. And I was working on the Hill. So I am well was also that constitutional law class that <laughs> confirmed that I was not going to law school. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what yeah. an exciting experience, though. I'm sure that was for you. Yeah. Yeah. That is and, wonderful. And so many people don't. I mean, I will tell you, I when I ran for office this past year, I ran for the Tennessee State House of Representatives. And what I did was um, I went and, 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 and all, any of you can do this, too. You can log on to Hillsdale College. Mm -hmm. And they offer a wonderful course in the Constitution. They actually have several courses in political science and all types of things there um, to help you understand uh, the inner workings of our government. Mm -hmm. And I took a, um, a U.S. Constitution course there and completed it. it. There's no charge for these courses, you guys. You can go on and take them for free. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone, I mean, all of us as, an Amer as American citizens should know our Constitution. And especially now in these changing times mm -hmm. with this inauguration that just took place, I think a lot of people just aren't aware. Uh, that's what I ran into on the campaign yeah. trail. They just don't know what they don't know. Absolutely. And I think we saw that with um, when the Electoral College votes were being challenged yes. you know, from Amendment 12. Well, most people didn't understand why they thought that that wasn't right. But it's built into our Constitution. When you have a question, then that's the time to bring it up. Yes. And so had more people known about that amend amendment and understood it, there wouldn't have been so much anger. I believe yeah. people would have said, okay, this is part of the process. Right. And, and they wouldn't have gotten so angry about it and thought, well, this is one side trying to challenge the other side. You know, it there it's actually was built in there to, mm -hmm. to do that. And so mm -hmm. I, I really feel like the understanding is where we're losing a lot of it, that um, mm -hmm. we're just not understanding the process. And we saw that with the election this time, you know, well, I with will say, as a parent, I, I would, I have two, um, I have a teenager, an older one, who just turned 18. Mm -hmm. She wasn't 18 in time to vote. Um, she just missed it, but I told her she'll have plenty of opportunities. <laughs> and then um, I have a 12-year-old who's turning 13 and an 8-year-old. Mm -hmm. I would say the curiosity is definitely much stronger with their generation than it was mm -hmm. 
in my generation. Mm -hmm. It was sort of us nerds who were in <laughs> poli sci and we were begging people to, you know, get out the vote campaigns. We were like, mm -hmm. but this generation, they're intrigued. And I mm -hmm. think even the popularity of the Broadway musical Hamilton yes. has got a new generation of people looking at and, un and wanting to understand like mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah. So I think that is definitely promising. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the more we can inform them, like with what you're doing with getting things in their hand, they they're 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 discovering like, oh, here's what's taking place. I can remember when um, 2004, I worked in um, in Florida, and when we were trying to explain the electoral college in 2004 mm -hmm. on our college campus people didn't care. They didn't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think now, especially after this last election, I think we are primed for the pump for this next generation to really dive in and, and get a better understanding of um, what our processes are here and through our government. Well, I have been very um, encouraged when I go to schools and speak and to listen to the kids they're, they're brilliant. Kids are so smart and they, <laughs> they ask are. such great questions. And that's what's been really, I hope if anything today, anyone listening, they realize that there's so much hope for our country yeah. because of our young people. And we need to invest the time, the resources, you know, we need to invest in our young people because they are our future. Mm -hmm. And it's so important. This is a vital step is to making sure they understand our government, what citizenship means. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that we are a country founded upon moral principles. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really important that they understand that. And uh, mm -hmm. so it, it is, I it gives me a lot of hope and that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when, when I was talking with Steven yesterday, one of the things that I brought up is that, you know, we, we basically solved the question. We answered the question yesterday of whether or not we were founded on Christian principles. And we absolutely were mm -hmm. uh, that eight can Bible that he's putting back into the schools is proof of that. Um, our founding fathers and, uh, and Benjamin Franklin, all of these people, there's mm -hmm. so much reference to that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I brought up to him is that it's crucial that we get that across to our young people, because if we don't base mm -hmm. our laws and our what's right and what's wrong on the Bible, what will be the measuring stick? Absolutely. And our constitution was written for moral people. Yes. 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 It's so important. So we have to get that across. It can't just be. And I think there's just this generational. I, I do think there are a lot of very, very bright young people out there. And I agree with you, Joni. And when I meet a lot of them, they do give me hope. I met the um, sweetest boy on the, when we were in Georgia door knocking, Ty, who was, who knew more about politics than <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know, yeah. he could recite, he probably could stand and recite the Declaration mm -hmm. of Independence mm -hmm. to you. Um, and, you know, so there are great kids out there who are paying attention. I think we uh, bear some of the responsibility as parents, you know, uh, to make sure and introduce them to things like this in our homes. We can't just mm -hmm. rely on society to teach them. We have to teach them in our homes. Absolutely. You know, but, I, but I also think there is a, a large part of the young generation right now that they've had it good, they've had a good ride, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they don't. I think we're a little removed from uh, the price of freedom. 
And when they're trying to kind of, when the, the left is trying to kind of sell this utopian society is mm -hmm. what I call it. We're mm -hmm. all just going to share. Everything's going to be free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they, history is littered with experiments like that, that failed miserably. Yeah, absolutely. We know that America is the last stand for freedom. If we lose it here, there's nowhere to run to. This is why people, you know, and Dr. My, my friend, Dr. Ming Wang says it great. We can prove that, that we are the best nation in the world because we always have an immigration problem here. We don't have a deportation problem. We've got an immigration problem because everybody wants to come here. Absolutely. So and he shared, he shared some wonderful videos with our young people. And so um, Dr. Wang is part of our organization, as is Stephen. Uh, we're all working together mm -hmm. to try to get these principles back into our schools. But we're also working on a video series of young people who have come from other countries with socialism and communism and yeah. that, have, that have come here because we know that our young people will relate to that because they haven't experienced those things, but they will listen to people their age who have experienced those yeah. things. And yeah. so we are working on that also, as well as a lot of free resources and things they can access through the website. So uh, yeah. we want, we want to help them to understand, you know, what it's like. And, and we are working on a, a video series for the bill of rights also. And it basically comes from the premise of, what if we didn't have the Bill of Rights? Mm -hmm. What would our country look like? Mm -hmm. And I think that is also important for them to see what it really means. And right now, with all of the challenges we have, you know, with, with the censorship and those things that are going on, you know, I have two daughters and they're um, grown now, but we have these conversations and I think they don't really see the threat as much as a lot of us that are a little bit older that have mm -hmm. friends who have come from other countries and, and heard these different things or, you know, even people who've experienced it, but we are very close to losing uh, when we when we engage in this type of censorship where you just, you know, silence the opposing view, you know, that's dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing. Very dangerous. Well, it is it is the pathway uh, to socialism and, and ultimately communism. And this is yes. what we are. This is what why so many of us are so upset. Uh, yes. because we're watching it. If it, it silence the 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 you know, commander in chief and the most powerful man in the world, what will they do mm -hmm. to the average everyday citizen? So Absolutely. it can't be okay for in that situation because now we've set the precedent, you Absolutely. know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and it's a dangerous, dangerous slope. Mm -hmm. So at any rate, I know we're out of time today. I want to just uh, let everybody know how they can learn more about the two of you. If, uh, if, if, something you've heard today has touched your heart and you would like to reach out, please uh, reach out to, uh, to Joni Bryan, uh, the 917 Society, and uh, tell them, Joni, how they can find me. I've got a website here, 917society.org. Yes. And they can go on there. They can make donations, help uh, get these constitutions into Sorry. these children's hands. Um, anything you'd like to say before I uh, give a parting word for Pastor Dana? Well, I just want to say how much I appreciate you letting me be here today and share this project because it really is an exciting thing. And I'm just praying every day that we're able to reach our kids and, uh, you know, and bless this country. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're doing, I know God's really smiling down on you for the work you're doing, Miss Joni. So thank you so much for that. And uh, Pastor Dana, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you can find her at City Point Church. This is my church uh, where I go. It's located in Lenox Village here in Nashville. And Pastor Dana, you're always just such a, you're such a, a wonderful, calming 
presence. Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, I'll, I will give you uh, the last word here today to, that we can leave in the hearts and the minds of people on this on this tough day. Yeah. And if you're looking for a church, um, we're open. We don't have a mask mandate. Um uh, we have service Sundays at 10 a.m. Um, I'm actually preaching this Sunday. So if you've never had a woman bring you the word of God, come out <laughs> on Sunday. You're in for a treat. <laughs> the word and, and bring your families and anybody who um, wants to hear about the hope, the hope for our, our future, which is Jesus Christ. So mm -hmm. don't lose heart. Don't let your heart be troubled. God has got us in the palm of his hand. And thank you so much, Diane, for, for um, having me. And it was so nice to meet you, Joni. Nice I'm just you. excited to see how God um, restores our land because I believe he is doing it. Thank Amen. you. Thank you. I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you all for watching today. We will see you tomorrow at three o'clock central time. My guest tomorrow will be Dr. Ming Wang. We've talked a lot about him this week, so can't wait to introduce you to him. Dr. Wang uh, grew up in socialist China, uh, communist China, uh, and he's going to be bringing his stories and his perspectives tomorrow um, on the subject of helping us to connect in a polarized world, find common ground. All right. Excellent. Everybody have a great day. I feel better. Thank you, Pastor Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.